Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful.com, and it's time for your weekly Impact Wrestling Post Show. Better late than never, but... You know, that's just how we do it here, Fifel. Especially when I bring in my OG tag team partner. When I bring in the guy who used to talk about Impact Wrestling, still does sometimes over on FifelSelect.com. I brought you Steven Jensen. Steven Jensen, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Good to be here. Um, y'all might have seen me on the post show for Bound for Glory. Myself, Denise Salcedo did that this past week. It was a lot of fun. Um, it's available right here if you missed it. Uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful. Yeah, I've been covering Impact for a long time. Um, although uh, Less more recently since y'all started this show, but I used to do it for years on Fightful Select as well. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, especially coming up Bound for Glory, this was a good a good week for me to come on. Like this, good timing. So I uh, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about Impact. This was a long day for me. A good day, but a long day. I woke up. I was right here at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, the spotlight. Same YouTube channel right here. If you missed it, myself and Jeremy Lambert, check that out. That was this morning, live at 9.30. Worked a full day at my shoot job and then watched, uh, literally got off work right as Impact was starting, watched Impact. Now I'm right here, so got a full day in, but uh, but yeah, feeling good, man. How about you? Let me tell you, buddy. YouTube, Impact on YouTube absolutely ruined my night. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you saw it on, on my Twitter. So at 8.30, that's normally 8.30 Eastern is when the YouTube stream goes up for uh, the members-only Impact channel. And it's like, again, it's it's five bucks a month if you want the show weekly and the special events as well. So I pay that five bucks a month. And I, it's super useful because I get the TV shows and I get the specials. Now, 
this is the first time this has ever happened to me. The show didn't start at 8.30, didn't start at 8.35, didn't start at 8.40. We got to about 9 o'clock almost before Impact gave a new link and we're like, hey, we're doing it through here. Now, granted, they were in the chat room of the, the non-working uh, link and stream. And they were like, hey, this is what's going on. They're being very transparent. So I will be absolutely uh, honest about you know the fact that they were saying what was going on. But man, did it mess up everything. So I had to go find a stream for it. I had to find a different way to watch it. I like bounced back and forth, but eventually got it, got to watch the show. <sighs> but we're here and we made it. And we have a lot to talk about. First, going to tell you, let's go ahead and leave a thumbs up here on this video. Tell us uh, tell us if you're in the chat, hey, how are you? I hope good to see you. And if you want to support us a little bit further, you can donate a super chat. It's that little dollar sign over at youtube.com slash Fightful. Uh, any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. For some of you, it's a medallion looking thing. That's because you got your members only badge going on. So you can click that same badge and you can donate a super chat, get your question or statement around the air. Or you can go to humperchats.com. If you head over to humperchats.com, leave any amount. We're going to read it on the air. And if you're in the chat and you're, you know, we're feeling like we want to talk about what you bring up, we'll talk about it. Why not? Steven Jensen, you reviewed Bound for Glory. Were you hyped for tonight? And did it live up to the expectation overall? Uh, yes. Now, I have to preface, <clears throat> excuse me, all of this by being transparent as well, that one of the things that I do over on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast every Sunday on FightfulSelect.com, um, when there are Impact TV tapings, I do read all the spoilers on the podcast. That's part of the show. Um, so I'm obviously a bit prepared coming into this show, like, but I also don't know in what order things are going to air and like when, you know what I mean? On like what day certain things are going to happen and stuff. So um, I'm kind of, it was kind of a mix between remembering most of the spoilers, but also, you know, kind of trying to see how, like in what order it all plays out um, and everything. And so that said, um, I did think that the show was, was solid though for like, I mean, I thought bound for glory was, was a really, really solid show with three, with two fantastic matches and one really, really great match. Like I thought um Speedball versus Kazarian was great. I thought that um Alexander versus Edwards and um Grace versus Slamovich were both fantastic. Like go out of your way, gotta watch those matches type matches. Um but um so yeah, so that all to say, yes, like going into Impact show, like they have a lot of momentum, I feel like coming into tonight's episode of, of Impact and, and I was definitely, you know, looking forward to it. Absolutely. And it felt like they did a pretty good job of starting to set up what's next for just about every match that you just mentioned and then some. So uh, yeah, it, w- it was a pretty good night here at Impact and uh, I guess we got to dig into it. First of all, October 13th, 2022, because people like to know the date of the actual show that we're reviewing. Uh, and by the way, I'm at Joel Pearl because, you know, sometimes I actually talk about that. It's sometimes people need to know who I am. It's rare. Nobody cares. It's great. Uh, Steven, I went to Dynamite last night with Sean and uh, more people were, were obviously pulling him aside to take photos than they were me. So yeah, I'd imagine who I am. Yeah. He's okay. like, he's like legit famous now. It's so strange. Like, it's cool to see, but like, I remember like, cause I probably became aware of him. I, so full, once again, pulling the curtain back a little bit on the show today, um, mutual friend, Matt from WrestleRumble.com was sponsoring like my, my old podcast. And he was like, you gotta, you know, do you know who Sean Ross Sapp is? 
this was back in like 2016, 2017, something like that. And I remember following him on Twitter back then. And now it's like the growth is just insane. So yeah, I'd imagine, um, obviously it was really cool to meet all y'all in person at, um, at Jeremy's wedding. Like that was, yeah. that was great, but I, I could only imagine, I'm sure if you go to a, a wrestling show with Sean, he gets recognized all the time. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I'm going to turn my Twitter off because Okay. Uh, yeah, we're gonna just gonna leave that. Sorry, gonna leave that be. Yeah. I, I, so hanging out with Sean last night was was strange. We're sitting eating hot dogs as people are waiting to go into Dynamite, and uh, yeah, it was a, a pretty wild experience. People walking up at one point, two people, two separate people who do not know each other, both wearing Orange Cassidy T-shirts, the same one, the same orange, freshly squeezed shirt, walked up to Sean to say hello and get a photo with him. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Little things like that. Nice. Anyway. We begin. I ask every single person who guest hosts the show with me, do you watch BTI, Stephen Jensen? Um, this week I did not. I always make sure to watch the post shows for the paper, sorry, the pre-shows for the pay-per-views though. And then BTI, depending on what it is. Like I remember it was already, it feels like a lifetime ago now already, but I remember that, um, the TJP Ironman match on BTI, that one episode that was like really good. Um, like, so every now and then, if I hear something's like really good, the out of your way of, I'll check out BTI and, and I've already read the spoilers like for whatever has aired on BTI. You know, on the That's weekend, right. But, yeah. So this week, of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, well, I guess you don't know, Stephen, we, uh, we always talk about, uh, first of all, George Iceman and Iceman Intel, because sometimes he actually has something to say. And this week, George Iceman had absolutely nothing to say. He recapped bound for glory and he didn't give me my scoops. George Iceman, we have we have problems. But the match itself was very good because they had Motor City Machine Guns taking on Mahabali Shera and Raj Singh. Uh, a good, solid, solid match. Uh, the flatliner dropkick from Motor City Machine Guns sets up a cradle shock for the win. So there you go. They show it later on on the show that they got that Motor City Machine Guns got the win, and it's going to play into the tag title situation that we're going to get into in a few minutes. But I just liked it. They they use BTI as a springboard to talk about what's coming up next on the show, and they made it make sense. By the way, Matt Raywalt's recapping what happened between Motor City Machine Guns and OGK on Bound for Glory, and he's just making shit up. And Tom Hannafin is just like calling him out on it, and they're just again Stephen Jensen, the best tag team combination in all of commentary and wrestling right now. Do you agree or do you disagree? Uh, I don't know if I'd say the best, but very good. I'm a massive improvement over previous regimes at that that desk for sure. Yeah. Uh, Very, very simple, but very effective team. So let's dig into impact itself. Uh, I've already talked about my stream starting late, but we open up with the Josh Alexander promo. He comes out, he says he went to war with Edward Edwards and that the war is over. Josh is still champion. And then he talks about letting his guard down in 2021. He lost the world championship. And, you know, he found out that he's learned a lot since then. And he calls out Bully Ray, who won the Call Your Shot gauntlet at Bound for Glory. (sighs) Here we go. Bully Ray comes out. Says a lot of things. Josh and Bully talk about, you know, Josh has seen it all. He watched Bully over the years. And that guys are calling him and saying that Bully would do anything not to hesitate. And he would capitalize on any chance to get ahead. And Bully's like, no, 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 I wouldn't do that. No, no, I'm going to do it right. Once upon a time, I, I did it. I turned on Sting. I turned on, on Hulk Hogan. I turned on Brooke Hogan and Dixie and he, everyone. He says the fans, the company. He says to his own brother, Devon, he says he stabbed them in the back, cut their throats. He only cared about himself. He says one, th- one line that I really liked. He says, you know how they set the table? 
they put the forks to the left and the knives in the back. And I really like that line. All this to say, before we get to what happens next, is the Bully Ray thing, did it do it for you at Bound for Glory? And did the start of this promo between Josh and Bully do it for you? Did it make you a little more invested before we talk about who comes out next and where we go from here? I mean, so here's the thing. The I, I said this on the post show as well for Bound for Glory. I think by the time the match happens, I think they'll probably over um, deliver on like what I'm expecting. Like that happens quite a bit with Impact, especially with certain performers. Like Sammy Callahan comes to mind. There's a lot of times I go into a Sammy Callahan match and I'm like <clears throat> just like not that excited for it, but I'm like it is some sort of hardcore match and then. Winds up being really good, and I'm like, you know what? It was good again. Like, it is what it is. Like, maybe I'm not that excited going into it, but it, it delivers in the ring, you know? <clears throat> I'm hoping that's the case with Bully Ray and Josh Alexander, because I do imagine that there will be some sort of hardcore element to their match. I, I would guess. Um, I don't know that for sure, obviously, but like, I um, <clears throat> I would say that tonight, tonight didn't hurt anything. You know, the 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 problem I have with Bully Ray is kind of multi-layered when it comes to like this current situation and impact um, coming off of bound for glory, mainly because for one, like bully, like it, it, this goes for Kaz a little bit as well. And now we'll talk about Kaz and, and Austin C at the end of the show, but like, it's just kind of strange to me that impact wrestling is like, is like um, prioritizing, <clears throat> like bringing in bully Ray and bringing in Kaz but like Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Trey Miguel weren't even on Bound for Glory. Like that's like kind of the more of like the issues that I have with a move like that. Um, so that said, on on tonight's show, they made it known that Chris Bay and Ace Austin are going to be targeting the tag titles and in uh, in Trey Miguel for the Axis Division title, which we're going to going to get to obviously. But like. Um, I guess that that'd kind of be kind of how I'm feeling coming out of the bully Ray for bound for glory though, is like, I feel like it's not really needed. It's not something the fans really, really want, but at least the, the promo tonight and the, the direction at least seems a little bit different. And at least he went out there and like told the truth as far as like the history of what has happened with him and his character and the company. Um, the one other thing I'll bring up, there's a lot of people, it's kind of somewhat controversial um, nowadays, but Bully Ray's back. Maybe we get Brooke Tesswalker back. Maybe, maybe just some sort of appearance. Aces and eights reunion. Just saying, just gonna throw that out there in the world. But um, but yeah, um, so yeah, how are you feeling about it, man? Because I feel like the Bully Ray thing is like pretty divisive, but I also feel like most of us are on the same boat of like if the match winds up being good and as long as Alexander retains, then like it's all fine. You know what I mean? I'm of two mindsets. So bully. When it happened at Bound for Glory, I said, "Ah, crap! This is they're they're bringing in a nostalgia guy again." And that seems like the story continues to be for every single opponent Josh Alexander has. It is a former or current Impact star, or someone from the past, someone that Impact that is synonymous with Impact at one point is going to come in and challenge Josh, and Josh is going to have to prove once again that he is the heart and soul, or the guy, or whatever, the biggest Impact fan of them all. Right. And I'm kind of, I, I get it. I understand why they do it. And it, to a certain degree, it protects guys like Trey Miguel or Ace Austin or, you know, Steve Macklin, even Moose to a certain degree, because it's, you're not just running through 
those guys as with your champion. Um, instead, I, I'm also not a big fan of, of propping up the nostalgia acts as the reason why you're going to have these title matches. So right. they've done two. They've done two two things also with this, and we're going to talk about Kazarian later. But they're setting up guys who are like, when it happens, you'll know. I, I, when I challenge you, you'll know. And so one of these guys is going to have to pull their, you know, pull their punch and be like, well, I lied. And it feels like of all the people it's going to be, it's going to be the guy who opened the show tonight. And that's Bully Ray, who then, you know, swore up and down. I was going to do it right. I'm going to call my shot and I'm going to tell you and I'll be the guy. I'll be the man. And it feels like he's not going to play out that way. So Steve Macklin comes out. And Macklin was the runner-up in the Call Your Shot gauntlet match. And I see people in the chat saying it should have been Macklin. And to a certain degree, I agree with that. We've been talking about Steve Macklin here on this show. And I know Sean has also talked about it. And Steven, you've talked about Steve Macklin. They built he's him up really well. Yeah. Yeah he's, yeah. he's just poised to break out. But also, he's continuing to break out. And I think the fans are starting to see him more in a babyface role, which yeah. I'm a big fan of seeing. So he comes out and he says, we shouldn't trust Bully either. You know, Macklin says, I, I should have won, but Bully politicked his way into the match. How did he get in here? And at this point, I'm kind of thinking, are we going a little too inside baseball? That's another thing that I'm kind of like not super keen on when it comes to the Bully Ray story. They're mixing, to me at least, a little bit of, uh, you know, his the real life stuff, the backstage stuff, and uh, and, and the, the in front of the curtain stuff. And I'm, I'm a little weary about that. Either way. Macklin's like, I don't politic my way to the top. I come at you straightforward. And he says, I beat two world champions, two former world champions at Rebellion. And then I did it again at Victory Road when I beat Moose and Sammy, two former world champions. So he keeps bringing that up. And I really like that Macklin's building his case for a title match. And then Moose comes out. And Macklin says, this is how two former champions conduct business. I love this. Calls Bully Ray a scumbag. Says, I like scumbags. Moose says he's a scumbag. And I'm sure someone's going to clip that and use that forever and ever. I'm at and then he reminds people, Moose does, that only two people have pinned Josh Alexander since Bound for Glory in 2021, one of whom is Moose and the other one being Edward Edwards, because they certainly hit us over the head with that one going into Bound for Glory. And then Bobby Fish shows up and he reminds us that he exists and he recaps literally everything that everyone just said for some reason, because he's an 80 year old man and needed to be reminded of these things. Oh, come on. I'm not, I will not, I will not, I will not stand for Bobby Fish slander on this show. Bobby Fish is becoming infinitely cooler by the week. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about Bobby Fish yes, when we get to the main event. Yes. Yeah. So Fish challenges Alexander to a title match tonight for some reason, and that's going to happen. That's fine. Uh, and that's the first time ever match, and I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about a fresh match. I'm also all about the Super Chats. M.A. Solko sends one saying that George Iceman's secret source is watching Impact pay-per-views. It's true. He's not even backstage. He's just asking Scott, hey, what did I miss? And Philly 76 adding in that Steve Macklin has been the breakout star of 2022. I agree wholeheartedly. Steven Jensen, how do you feel about Steve Macklin? Yeah, I mean, once again, another one of those guys, like after leaving WWE, that probably had a massive chip on his shoulder and felt like he has had a lot to prove and a lot of potential that wasn't reached in that company for a lot of reasons that like weren't even his own. It was just by like association and stuff a lot of the time. Like it felt like he didn't get a fair shake. And I think he's really, really proved himself in Impact Wrestling. Um, and I've seen a lot of that. Denise had said the same thing on the post show with me. Like they're like a lot of people feel like Steve Macklin should have won that match, uh, won the gauntlet for the gold, um, especially because he's coming off of like the Monsters Ball and like all that stuff, right? So it's like he he like it was a Monsters Ball match, wasn't it? That he just recently had. Uh, Moose said, "No, Macklin." 
Macklin or was that, did, was that was Macklin Moose and Sammy in a it, it was at Victory Road. It wasn't Monsters Ball. It was uh, Barbed Wire Massacre. Barbed Wire Massacre. That's right. Thank I, had to remember I, that I, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember which which I there one of those impact hardcore stipulation matches. Um, but um, but so it's like one of those things. Where, like Macklin, like he's been in like that upper tier for a minute, but. Yeah, I uh, I agree though. I, I and as far as him being like the breakout star of 2022, I th- I think he's absolutely in that conversation. It just depends on how you look at at that, you know, like because I also think that someone like Speedball Mike Bailey, like a lot of people knew about, but a lot of people didn't know about, and like he's on like everyone's radar now. So it kind of depends on how you look at it. But I I think Macklin definitely deserves to be mentioned in that conversation for sure. M.A. Sokol with the Humper Chat says, I'm trying to do it right as a decent hook so long as Bully doesn't turn heel. He says he's digging the larger story about Josh facing contenders from every direction. So that's something that later on Scott Demore would point out. Said you got to get your head on a swivel, not just because people are coming at you from all uh, all directions, but because you can't necessarily trust Bully Ray. It is a good story. Like, I can't lie to you. It's a very uh, wrestling trope and, and it works. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you a little bit later what I think is going to happen from the bully Ray stuff. We'll get into that, but instead let's move on. GM Miller's with motor city machine guns. You and I just talked about the BTI match. They talk about how at bound for glory, they lost because OGK cheated. Shelly says we can't split time, but they can't affect the future. So they're going to go to Scott Demore and ask for another tag title shot. Ethan Rhino walk out of Scott Demore's office and say, well, we got here first and we got a tag team title match next week because Honor No More injured Rhino. Rhino wants revenge, so they want the OGK's tag team titles. Uh, it works for me. Listen, that was kind of something that I've talked about. I think you and I talked about this at one point when the Briscoes won the tag titles. And I said, Heath and Rhino are going to beat the Briscoes for those tag titles Thank by Bound yeah. for Glory. Well, here we are. We're going to get a, <clears throat> a Rhino, versus, Rhino and Heath versus OGK next week on Impact. So I'm going to... Try to stay vague and stay spoiler free on all of this, but I will say, I think Motor City Machine Gun should have won the the title of the pay per view at Bound for Glory, and I think and I think there's going to be a lot of people that might agree with me come next week. Yes, I think to a certain degree, yes, I think there's I think there's a larger story with Heath and Rhino right now, um, and again the history yes. with Honor No More and the injury, it, but bringing Rhino back in the Call Your Shot Gauntlet that kind of took away from people's memory of how he left in the first place. Yeah. Well, hold on. And also, I know you had said stuff on Twitter about contracts and stuff. Like, is that something you want to talk about right now with this? We can because absolutely pretty, talk about it. Yeah. Cause that's pretty relevant. I think with like what's coming, you know what I mean? With, the, yep. with all this. So, so it's out there. There are several impact wrestling contracts and people who have finished up their deals and moved on. And well, we know that quite a few members of honor no more are included in that. So subscribe to FIFA select a lot of the infos already out there, but uh, OGK uh, maybe not sticking around for much longer. Right. And here's the thing. I think that uh, impact is really the best fit for both guys right now, like personally. Um, but I've seen like reports about interest in like from WWE and Matt Taven uh, in particular. I'm sure there's some sort of interest in Bennett as well. I would imagine um, bringing him back, but and in Maria as well. That's a really good like package deal you get that you know there. So like, um, sorry, I'm gonna cut you off, uh, Chat. I'm gonna ask very very kindly that you don't spoil stuff that happened in Toronto tonight at the Rampage tapings. Um, 
I, I that's as that's as far as I'll go. Please don't spoil it for people who are maybe in the chat wanting to stay spoiler free. I realize that you know the impact stuff's pre taped and that they're taping AW Rampage in Toronto, but let's try and keep it because Stephen and I are also trying to uh, be as vague as we can, but also be as as right. forthright as we can because many of you are FIFA Select subscribers as well. So go right. ahead. We, like we want to tiptoe around it, but like it's like we can't not discuss this to some degree because like it is going to affect the people we're talking about right now. So like it's, but but like you know I think the whole honor no more thing like I think it's run its course. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it served its purpose. Like, they're not going to overtake Impact Wrestling. Like, like there's really nowhere to go with it. Um, so then you mix it in with some of the reports that are out there. And then knowing that Heath and Rhino have this tag title match coming up and the Motor City Machine Guns are still in that mix and they came really close. To, they only lost those titles, you know, in kayfabe because of, um, like, the, like, they accidentally hit Maria, right? Um, and then, like, there was the roll-up and the, the pin-up on like, with all up on the ropes. So it was like a very dirty pin and finish for OGK. So like Motor City Machine Guns for all intents and purposes should have won that night. Um, you know, if that wouldn't have happened. So, um, so yeah. Um, anyways, I talk about the honor, no more stuff here weekly. And unfortunately they are a product of just poor timing because when honor, no more came into impact, well, Tony Khan didn't own ring of honor yet. And they didn't get a chance to pivot because they had filmed so much in advance that they had nothing to do but, you know, just say, "Eh, we're just honor no more. And it has nothing to do with Ring of Honor. We just happen to be a group of former Ring of Honor workers coming in to impact. It did last too long. It could have pivoted and it would have been much more effective. And they started to show those lines of being able to pivot and change uh, towards the end going into Bound for Glory. But unfortunately a little too little too late because like we said ogk are on their way out um you know there was a report that vincent and dutch were cited at uh, at raw this past week could have been visiting friends but if someone gets a good look at vincent as sean said there's a good chance that they're gonna want to get a closer look at vincent and maybe dutch because he's a big dude as well he would do very well kenny king for all intents and purposes sounds like he's sticking around eddie edwards gonna stick around they just got to pivot with him again I was expecting him and Alicia to uh, start working together again, but they just kind of ignored that story altogether. And then PCO is another guy uh, from, from honor no more that is kind of up in the air, but it feels like he's sticking around with impact. Yeah. Who knows with PCO? Like I always feel like his, his next match could be his last every single time I watch that man moving around. (laughs) Um, But you know, it's, it's fun to watch. It's like one of those things where like, it's like watching a train wreck. It's like, you're like, you know, it's always impressive to see the things he does, but I always feel like one of these times he's just not going to stand up after like one of these spots. But you know, you know, obviously I don't want anything bad to happen to the guy. Obviously, I'm just you know, that's just that's just that's a big part of the draw of PCO. I feel like is like what is this guy going to do to himself next? It's crazy. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know, Kenny King. That that technically be a, a WWE return if he ever went back over there. Tough enough, Kenny King. I'll never forget that. That's right. I'll never forget. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, Eddie Edwards, you know, he's, he's a guy I always talk about it. We've, we even talked about it back in the days we were watching the, the Twitch streams every week. Like as long as Eddie Edwards, as long as Eddie Edwards is in impact wrestling, he's going to be utilized as an upper tier to world level challenger or champion, like always pretty much. That's just his spot in the company. Um, so at least honor no more was something different 
than Tommy Dreamer, heart of ECW, heart of, of TNA 2.0 or whatever that lasted way too long as well. Like, so at least this gave Eddie Edwards something different to do. And listen, once again, I feel like Eddie Edwards has been overplayed big time in impact, but it's also a lot to do with just the longevity he's had there. It's not, that's not really his fault. Like that's actually, there's, there's something admirable about the longevity he's had, but um, I have to give him all the credit in the world. That match with, uh, with Josh Alexander at Bound for Glory was a banger. Like he, he can still absolutely go in the ring. They just got to figure out something interesting for his character going forward. So, but I do, I agree. Like I think Honor No More overall did help. Like I think OG, um, like Taven and Bennett, like I honestly think Taven and Bennett are doing the best work of their careers right now. And like they got yes. to do it in impact, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I'm, I'm a very big fan of what they're doing right now. Uh, even in the NWA, they were doing some good stuff. Yeah. And I know yeah, you've yeah. talked NWA stuff as well. Um, and I know, I listen, Chad, I know that the NWA is not exactly a hot product, but when you get to watch OGK work, it doesn't matter where you are. They're pretty on top of it. When it's like, like them versus Briscoe's type stuff over there, you know, it's like good matchups. So, yeah, exactly. Let's move on. No disqualification, Tasha Steeles and Killer Kelly. This was a really fun match. So, They've been doing this thing with the chain because at Victory Road in the pre-show, Killer Kelly choked out Tasha Steeles, got herself disqualified, then choked out a referee. So now this is the rematch. They did no DQ. Uh, there's a lot of just really fun stuff for Killer Kelly's character. She's basically kinky Killer Kelly at this point, but you can't really do that because okay. So anyway, Tasha oh, headbutts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so Tasha headbutts. Two members Killer of the Kelly. tribe doing the show right Yes, now, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, it's just fun. Anyway, uh, Tasha headbutts Kelly, Kelly uh, Kill, Killer Kelly. I always call her Kelly Kelly, and I swear to God, one day it's going to get me in trouble. Mm. Killer Kelly gets up every time asking for one more, and each time she's smiling, and it's really, really good character stuff. Um, eventually, Killer Kelly grabs a chair, and then Tasha Steeles keeps trying for the Stratisfaction Bulldog and even says it's time to rock and roll. I love that, by the way, little things. Eventually, Savannah Evans gets involved, gets in the ring, tries to hold up Killer Kelly, and then Tasha grabs the chair. Kelly kicks it away, and they knock Evans loose, and then grabs the chair, hits Evans with it. Tasha Steeles grabs that chain that we mentioned, wraps it around Kelly's mouth, tries to go for a submission, and instead Kelly reverses it, chokes out Tasha Steeles with a chain-assisted killer clutch. Really fun match, really good match. Time for Killer Kelly to move on and move up. I don't know what you do with Tasha Steeles from here because she deserves so much more she kind of lost a lot when she lost that knockouts championship to Jordan Grace. Yeah, Tasha's very much lost in the mix um, ever since losing that championship. I completely agree. Um, now, part of that is a, is is a testament to the knockouts division that Impact has. I mean, they have a stacked roster. Um, but no, I I, fe- I feel the same way. I, I actually was talking about that a little bit on the weekend or this past Sunday as well about Tasha. Um, I I. She's obviously very talented, and they they put that division on her back um, not too long ago, and so I agree. Um, but I also agree with pushing Killer Kelly. So it's one of those things where, like, you know, so you know, I, I'd rather see, you know, I guess well, I don't want to say I'd rather see Killer Kelly win than Tasha Steele because I like both of them, and I think they should figure out a way to, to keep both in the mix. But if you're going to push Killer Kelly, like, it's a quality win over a quality opponent and like Tasha has got to figure out a way to rebound. I'll also say this. I saw Savannah Evans wrestle live at um, battle slam here in Atlanta. Not that long ago. Right. Yeah. yeah, And she's like really impressive live. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I've always thought she was you know good from what I'd seen on, on television, but 
there's there's such a different quality or, or kind of a of a perception you get when you see some of these wrestlers live like even you know Khan from uh soldiers of savage of a uh, savagery um he i saw him at the same show and like just seeing him live like the tv doesn't do that guy justice like he's massive and you're just like oh damn okay like like it's just all you know what i mean it's just a different feeling when you see some of these people live and savannah evans was like that for me like she's she's strong she's athletic um she really um impressed me and uh and i hope she's becomes like a, a regular battle slam because i want to see more of her and i think that she's kind of like a kind of like a slept on kind of diamond in the rough in that in that knockouts division right now where maybe if kind of the right the right chips fall the right way and it something kind of opens up for her in the right situation like you know if she, they can do like if they if they just had like her versus jordan grace on just a random impact and just let them go for like 20 minutes with like no commercial breaks you know what i mean just like put you know jordan still wins but like make savannah look credible and like i think that does a lot for someone like her you know so like Anyway, I just want to throw a, a little love to Savannah Evans too, because I feel like she's kind of getting like Tosh is being very underutilized because like she was recently the champion, but Savannah Evans, I think there's value there for her as well. I would maybe even put them together as a knockouts tag team. It's probably the best idea, Japan. honestly. Yeah, and it's a good way to, to at least kickstart a program between them and say the Death Dolls, and if and when Tasha and Savannah don't beat the Death Dolls, that can be when Tasha and Savannah split. And maybe they feud themselves. If you want to get Savannah over as a singles competitor, that's maybe a way to do it. But again, it comes down to like, what do you do with both women to make them credible uh, wrestlers and then a credible tag team? They're going to have to climb ranks real quick. quick. But if, if, if I'm sitting and writing for them, I'd probably pitch a tag team because they need to say, hey, we need to get on the same page. Let's rack up wins together just to prove that we can do it. Well, I mean, Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan was a really, really good tag team for Impact Wrestling. Like Tasha does really good tag team work, as we've seen. So I'm, I'm all for that idea. I think, I think it makes sense. Once again, that, that's like, it's like this, the double-edged sword of Impact's knockouts. Is like, there's so much talent there that people can get lost in the mix, but there's also like multiple titles that they can challenge for. And on top of that, Impact will do a lot of intergender wrestling. So like it opens it up so much. Like I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think my prediction is that I think Jordan Grace will be the one to eventually beat Josh Alexander. Like I think that she'll be like, she'll, she'll be the one, I think. I got um, another guy in mind. I mean, there's some good options there. There's some really good options. Listen, I, I'm fine. I would be fine with Masha or Jordan with the right build beating Josh Alexander. Like that's how good those women are. Like, you know, so, um, so yeah, I mean, that, but that's the thing. So Tasha, they can just pivot do the knockouts tag titles and still have good matches. And then that way you don't get too lost in the mix in the singles rank. So I think that makes sense. Absolutely. Let's uh, pivot over to a super chat from Dan V saying, know what's coming next week. Impact needs to move on from Macklin being involved with Moose and Callahan. Bob Wire Massacre should have ended it. Now let's go to the backstage and we'll talk about it because seems like Sammy Callahan's moving on Swingman, my absolute favorite Johnny mm-hmm. Swinger, who by the way was the mo- lasted the longest in the Collier Shot Gauntlet and had the best moments yes. also and ECW. he was legitimately an ECW guy or an yes, ECW was. original, so you gotta Absolutely. give it to Johnny Swinger so he's in the Absolutely. back with Zicky Dice and he's talking to the co-emperors Mac and Jack from the Albany Arena Football League team yeah, that's right. I had to go digging for that one because I don't know shit about arena football, but I found them. Mac and Jack. That's the name of the uh, the, the, the mascots that they, that they found. 
Anyway, so Dirty Dango comes out of nowhere and uh, says that he was still if he was still in the forest, he'd give Swingman a citation for that outfit. And then Swingman says, you can't bury my fashion sense. I got that from Ricky Martel. They just keep going back and forth. Dango says, I should slap, slap some cuffs on you. And Swingman's like, oh, I'm into that stuff. You know, you should come down to the dungeon. And of course, Dango's interested. Uh, and then the yellow hoodie violence guys are back. And they're doing, can you do the, the, the thing that they do? This, the, the, this thing? So this is like their yeah the V is, with the is, middle two fingers. Is it these two? It's it's the yeah those two. I, yeah, I, very painful to do for me. I had to train myself with the Nick Gage MDK to like not do the shocker, like <laughs> like, like to hold the. Yeah, it's like so yeah that one yeah yeah it's, it's natural one. to do this one because like you know you grow up joking about all that but like then it's like yeah, Nick Gage you got to go that one yeah. So anyway, those guys show up. There's two of them this time. Security's dragging them out. And then out comes Sammy Callahan. He takes out one of them and says to tell the designer that he's coming for him. And again, that's calling back to the Call Your Shot gauntlet where Eric Young and Sammy Callahan had a lot of back and forth. And then those yellow hoodie guys got involved and eventually uh, led to Sammy getting tossed out of the ring in the Call Your Shot gauntlet match. So a little more contract news. It's that Eric Young is at least extended possibly to the end of 2022 with impact. Now here's a scoop for you. I spoke with Eric young at a Greek town wrestling show. This interview has not aired. I don't know if it will air, but it exists. And he told me that what he'd like to do when he's done with impact is to basically fade away and classify himself as obsolete. He wants to be a guy who just leaves the business. He doesn't come back. He doesn't want to do any retirement tour, just wants to fade away and let it go. And if that's the way that Eric Young chooses to go, I'm fine with it. I think a lot of people, um, they'll know when his time comes and he's done and he hangs up the boots and he's maybe toying with the idea of a backstage role. But for now, it seems like he just wants to go and just do his hockey podcast. So what do you think of uh, all this stuff? Swingman to... Sammy Callahan to Eric Young to the designer. What are we thinking about throughout all this? Well, yeah, yeah. Swingman, uh, it's hilarious how he's reinvented himself in recent years. Like the ECW original stuff, that is a real thing. I remember him back then. That was back in like the days when like Julio De Niro and like Easy Money and those guys were like wrestling around with Johnny Swinger and stuff. Like, man, that uh, Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger were tied team. I remember that. That's right. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, man. But so that, that's been funny with the swing, man. Uh, just total reinvention. I love that spot in the gauntlet um, with the ECW originals. Um, but yeah, as far as. Um... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. 
You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Um, Sammy and the Designer. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Well, no, what, what was the, the, the more important, the more important thing we were just talking about? There's something way more important than that. Dirty Dango and Swingman? No, no, no. Eric Young when he's Eric Young. Young. Yes, thank you. I'm like, now I'm thinking about the Swingman and this stupid spot and these stupid Swinger Palaces. <laughs> You're um, welcome. Those yeah, are thank best. you. Thank you for like totally getting my mind completely off track and thinking about <laughs> that instead of Eric Young possibly retiring. That's um, fine. <laughs> but yeah, Eric Young, uh, he's a nice guy. I've, I've had the opportunity to talk to him as well um, because he lived in Nashville for a long time when I was also living in That's Nashville. Right. So I would randomly, I actually randomly see him at like Predators games and stuff, like obviously him being a big hockey fan. Um, and then of course, like Nashville Fairgrounds, he would be like the main event in Nashville Fairgrounds shows and stuff. Um, really, really, really nice guy. So I'm I'm definitely team Eric Young. I feel like he, did, he definitely didn't get a fair shake in WWE during his time there. Hey, if he wants to just ride off into the sunset without it being a big deal, like how, that's fine with me. Like, however he wants to do it is is totally cool with me. Um, I've heard Jericho say the same thing throughout his career. He said it's like same kind of thing. He doesn't want to like announce it. He just wants. He's even like against the idea of like going into Hall of Fames. It feels like he's like, man, the second I go into Hall of Fame, then it's like now I'm like really old news. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how he feels about it. But I think Eric Young. I mean, obviously, he needs to be inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame whenever it's all said and done. Like, you know, he yes. you know, clearly deserves that. And if he wants to be backstage, like, he would be a great mind to have backstage in WWE or AEW or, or really anywhere. He'd be a great dude to to mentor, like, the, this young indie talent. Like, because he's really one of them when you really think about it. Like, he had his run in WWE, and he had a lot of time in Impact, but a lot of his time in Impact was essentially an indie run. Like, really, when you, like, really think about kind of, you know, you know, impact wrestling has had its ups and downs, but like, you know, when it was a really small company, that was like, he was working in, he's working impact, but he's also working, you know, indie shows in Canada simultaneously and stuff like that. Like, um, and then of course he moved to the States, but anyway, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Eric young guy. Um, I think he means a lot to impact wrestling, especially, um, and yeah, should have done a lot more in WWE. If he wants to ride off in the sunset like that, good for him. That that's cool. I'm 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 all for people doing doing that kind of stuff the way that they want to. Like it's not it's not my decision to make on how they want to you know wrap their career up and kind of be remembered and stuff. Reminder, guys, get your super chats in, get your humper chats in. I may Sulko sent in a humper chat saying, "Bought a swinger headband and dressing up as him for Sin City Showdown next weekend. Have fun at that Las Vegas taping. I know you're going to go bowling with the Impact stars. I'm still looking forward to all the scoops from that. Please." 
please send them to me legitimately. I just want to know best and worst bowlers for real. And I want to know who wins the games. You got to give me all, all the bowling scoops you can, but enjoy Sin City Showdown and enjoy dressing up as Swingman because that's absolutely the best thing you could possibly do. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's keep talking about this show, shall we? We yes. talked about Scott Demore and Josh Alexander, all about the long line of people looking to take him out. So we're not going to go and talk about that again. Instead, we're going to talk about this hell of a six-man X Division match. They did Black Taurus, Laredo Kid, Alex Zane, Yuya Yamura, Trey Miguel, and Kenny King. This was a wild match. By the way, check out my interview with Trey Miguel that dropped this past week over at youtube.com slash Fightful. We spoke for about a good 10 minutes. It's a quick little thing, but uh, Trey was great. We talked about Impact, talked about him loving Black Taurus and Laredo Kid and working with Alex Zane and working with all these guys. And, uh, well, certainly helped him tonight because Trey Miguel got the win, and it looks like he's back on track. He wins the match with a lightning spiral, and later on on Twitter, he said it's a tribute to uh, Yoshino. So really, really solid match. Alex, Alex Zane looked phenomenal in this match, as did Taurus, as did Laredo Kid. Uh, Yuya didn't really stand out like he normally would. So tell me, uh, give me your thoughts uh, on the match. What do you think? I thought this was really solid. And this was one of those kind of matches. Like, I love all the talent involved. Like, they so they could have had, like, twice the amount of time for this. And, like, I would have been totally fine with it. But for, like, the time it was given... I thought they they knocked it out of the park for what it, what it was needing to be. Um, I totally agree with Alex Zane. And I think Alex Zane is still a really underrated talent. Like that guy, because people also don't realize his size. Like he's actually a pretty big dude. It's just you don't realize it when when you see the way that he works. Like this video game character that can like do all these crazy high flying moves and stuff. Like you forget that he's probably like six two or six three or something. Like he's like a pretty big dude. Um, which normally, you know, I don't really. It's not all about that, obviously. Like, it, you know, the talent is what matters the most to me, obviously. But like, I, I feel the reason I say that is because I feel like he could really succeed in, in any situation. Like, if Impact Wrestling could lock him down, like more regular, or really anywhere, GCW. I mean, if he went back to WWE, like I thought he was doing really well as Ari Sterling on Two Hundred Five Live in WWE. But and that was another one where like I thought he could have done great in that system because like for for them the size of, of the talent like is going to matter more than it does other places and I was like this guy has the talent but he's also bigger than people realize I think WWE might actually do something with this guy and then they didn't um so I but I, yeah I'm a big Alex Zane fan I'm a big fan of everyone here Black Taurus is like my brother's favorite wrestler now he recently started noticing him when I was watching some of the matches my brother loves that guy um Trey Miguel, obviously one of my favorites. Love that dude. Um, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I know that that's something that's really near and dear to my heart. I know it is for him as well. So, like, want to give that a, a, a nod as well right now. Um, but, uh, but and also, Trey Miguel, you mentioned it. The What is it called? The Lightning Spiral? Is that what he Yeah, Lightning it? Spiral. Lightning Spiral. So, hey, I'll take that over the Meteora all day, every day. Like, hey, give, give, I, me a, I, give me a different finishing move. I love it. I love it. I, I told the story before. I don't think I've told it on the post impact yep. show, but uh, Trey once sent Steven from me uh, a nice little explanation video. It was a, a little personal thing. Explaining why he did the Meteora. Yeah, good and, explanation. And, and I know it changed your mind because uh, we had talked, you talked about on the weekender podcast about why yes. you didn't love the Meteora as Trey Miguel's finish. And then you change your tune once you got the explanation. Yes. Now also I'll say, continue to use it as a setup move or something, but use this as your finisher instead. Like that's like that. And then I have no issue. Like my only issue with that move ever was, I think he has a more impressive, like his moveset's so impressive that like, 
you know, I just feel like that, like, it just needs to be like your coolest move should be your finisher. It's just, it's that simple. And like, yeah, this I is understand. Cool to me. So yeah. anyways, good for Trey Miguel. Um, and with the situation, obviously with option C that we're going to talk about at the end of the show, the next vision title is going to be up in the air. If you've read the spoilers, you know, kind of the, where they're heading, what direction they're heading in with, with this. But I think that Trey Miguel being in the X division mix obviously makes all the sense in the world being a former champion and someone who's too talented not to be in the mix for something important. Hence why I was so upset why he wasn't on bound for glory. So yes, push, push this man. Good to see him get a win tonight. They did a, a six man digital exclusive before bound for glory. So while he wasn't on the main show, uh, at least they filmed something with him and Laredo Kid and Black Stars, uh, the whole gamut of people basically from tonight. Uh, Zane, by the way, I got to shout this out because you mentioned him. Uh, the, he hits a Rana on Black Taurus that lands into the German suplex on Laredo Kid landing on Black Taurus. Stuff like that absolutely gets you noticed. And I think Alex Zane has a tremendous upside. So I just want to add to that from you. Um, let's move on. Kaz and Mike Bailey. Kazarian is walking through the parking lot and Mike Bailey runs into Kazarian. Thanks him for the match. Says it takes a lot of, uh, you know, t- takes a lot for him to to point out his own shortcomings. So he didn't plan on losing the X Division Championship, but it's only going to make him better next time they share a ring. And then Trey Miguel walks in, and I like this a little bit of meeting of the three guys here. Uh, and Trey's like, "Hey, don't know if you saw, but I just won that six way, and now my sights are set on the X Division Championship." Well, we're gonna have to see what happens, won't we? And then Kazarian walks off, and I'm thinking, "Uh oh." And uh, <laughs> we know what happens later, and we'll get to it. Instead, I actually want to pivot to Philly 76's comment, his super mm-hmm. chat saying impact locking up Chris Bay is huge. That was announced today through impact. Uh, they've locked up Chris Bay for a few more years, which I think is wonderful. We'll talk about that in a sec. And he says for a place that used to lose their young stars, they've locked up Josh Alexander, Ace Austin, Jordan Grace, Chris Bay, uh, Speedball, Mike Bailey, Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly. And that's a really good point because once upon a time, Stephen, we talked about this. They were losing a lot of their top young stars. They weren't re-signing them. They were losing them to WWE. They were losing them uh, a little later on to to, to uh, AEW. But now it seems like Impact's kind of getting the groove back and bringing back some of these players. Now, if you're Chris Bay, what the hell happened that you suddenly wanted to re-sign, knowing that you're not exactly uh, in the winner's circle all the time, but your tag team's starting to take off a little bit? Do you think it was a good shot for Bay, or did you think maybe testing out the waters would have been better? It it totally depends on his his own personal situation with like what he wants out of it. Because like me personally, I this is just me. I, I always think it's smart to test your your value. It can backfire. It, it can like. But here's the thing: options wise, I think in AEW he would have like a, a real uphill battle for a while, just like getting into any any kind of real mix going on, but the talent's there. I just think it's just their, their roster is already. So there's so many people already there that like, it's, it's just hard to like jump right in and like get a, a major spot. He has a much, he has a much better chance of being highlighted as like a main event level talent right now in impact than an AEW, like by far, in my opinion, um, WWE, I feel the same way to a, to a, a big degree, but if he wound up in like NXT or something like that, like he could be, pretty massive there i feel like and then like really up his value and and really become well known to like the wwe universe and then eventually move to our smackdown i think he'd be really successful and he has he has a, a, a lot of the reason why i like him is not just because he's like he's really good in the ring but he has like a certain like 
aura to him, like kind of like a swagger about him that I think he's is charismatic. He's a very charismatic guy. And I think that he would work well in a in a in a entertainment based company like the WWE. Um that said, so like I, I think that his his best his best situation pro- right now probably is impact. I have no idea what his own uh his own you know prerogative is though. Like I don't know if uh I mean I'm sure they offered him a deal that he liked and maybe it was just a good situation and the the only the only thing you could run into an impact that isn't preferable is getting into like a Lady Frost type scenario where like you're not being used and you're missing out on indie bookings because you're waiting to hear from impact and whether they call you or not, you can't commit to other things because if they do call, you have to be available to them. And if Chris Bay, as long as Chris Bay has some sort of schedule where he's working the schedule he likes and maybe, you know, hopefully he's still able to, because I, I saw Chris Bay live at battle slam this past time as well. Like, I mean, if he can keep doing indie appearances too, and that's a big, that's a big plus for impact. If you can have like a good indie career and also get like some good paydays with impact and have a light schedule with them. That's a pretty good sweet spot for a lot of wrestlers. So I, I could, I could see the, the appeal for a lot of these, these talents that, that are listed here, like Josh Alexander, Jordan Grace, Ace Austin, they're the speedball. These are all Masha. They're all in the same boat. Like they, they work regular indie runs parallel with their, their impact careers. So, um, so yeah, good for impact and good for Chris Bay. I just hope they push him and, and, and by, I don't know how long his deal is, but by the time he's a free agent again, they need to get themselves into a scenario where he's like an established main event level guy. And if he's going to stay in impact, you continue to help build the company around him. And if he isn't, then his value is even higher going somewhere else. So I think it's a big win-win for Chris Bay. It's a long-term win for Chris Bay to sign this contract. There's also another thing that we could do with Chris Bay. He can still work in New Japan. He's still a member of Bullet Club. And he's a guy that absolutely should be making the trek over to at least New Japan USA. And if there's an opportunity for him to go to Japan and actually compete, I think he would relish in that opportunity. Agree. Agree 100%. By the way, from all the people that Philly 76 shouted out in his super chat, uh, PWG just announced that Jordan Grace and Masha mm-hmm. Slamovich are going to go at it again at their next show. I think it's November. Was it 16th? Either way, the next PWG show, Masha and Jordan too. And that's going to be yeah. wild. Oh, I'm sure it'll, it'll be incredible. Cool. Too bad we won't be able to watch it for like a year. Six months. Yeah. <laughs> Six months. And then it'll have to be on HD DVD. And you're going to have to dust off your old HD DVD player if you can find it. We'll talk to Excalibur, see what he can do. Anyway, next matchup, Vexed and Giselle Shaw take on the Death Dolls uh, with Rosemary. I guess now Decay is just going to be called the Death Dolls, all three of them. Cool, whatever, sure. Uh, Rosemary mentioned on Twitter, I thought this was just worth mentioning as a little sidebar. Um, Apparently, the day of the tapings, she said she was battling like a massive migraine. And she spent the day like in the dark, just totally on her own because she couldn't deal with all the stuff that comes with the migraine. Said it passed, but the women in the ring all know her spots and so does gail kim and lance storm who are producing the match and so they knew where to fit her in despite her not being 100 so she put over this match as like a testament to the impact group and the knockouts all knowing each other and like knowing um in the structure of a match where to go so uh just very quickly in this match uh jessica hits a low splash towards the end on chelsea and then gets dumped to the outside by the rest of Vex. Rosemary hits deanna out of the ring and then just in time to eat a knee from giselle shaw who wins this match Giselle Shaw looking better and better each week. I continue to put her over. She busted out some new offense with that spinning suplex uh, on on Jessica this week. Or I'm sorry, on Taya. Um, really solid stuff. What did you think? Vex and Giselle and Death Dolls. 
Yeah, it's funny. I always want to call them VXT also instead of VEX because like because <laughs> it's such clearly like an NXT play off, like the way that they spell it. You know what I mean? Um, but Vexed, um, yeah, I I still think it's pretty puzzling that they took the the titles off of them, unless they also might be going elsewhere, which looks like might be a thing, or at least there might be interest. Maybe I don't know. No, no, you don't think so. Well, anyways, the I, if they're gonna well, let me say this: if they're going to be continuing to stay in Impact Wrestling, I'm very surprised that they took the titles off of uh, Prazo and Green. Yeah, go I, ahead. I, know I don't, and I will tell you when we talk about the next match. Okay, okay. okay. I'll, I'll reserve the rest of my thoughts on that. Um, there's not a whole lot else to talk about with the match outside of the finish I thought was good with, like, the spear right into, like, the, the knee to the face. I thought it was a good good closing sequence of the match. There you go. Uh, Bully Ray's backstage. Tommy Dreamer walks up, and they make weight jokes. Of course they do. Uh, and then Tommy's like, I wish the world could see the guy who brought me back to impact to WWE to bust it open radio. And then he says, but Tommy, or sorry, bully, when you see the gold, you change and you become something else and you change on a dime. Uh, and he says, don't make me look like a fool. Tommy dreamer says to bully Ray. And then bully retorts. He's like, when have I ever made you look like a fool? Uh, I've, I've never made you look like one. If you can tell me when I'd like to see it, but you can't. And he says, why would you do it? Why would I do it now? Don't doubt me. And then they decide they're going to tag up. So Bully and Tommy are going to take on Ace of Bays, uh, or at least that's the way it's being promoted right now. So um, Juice Robinson will be in their corner. What do you think? Is this is this a thing, or is this just an opportunity to get Bully and Tommy in the ring together? See, I'm worried about this because this, it, I, without going down the whole rabbit hole of this whole kind of conversation, we were already, already just kind of in, like, it's, it's like you re-sign Chris Bay, you got Chris Bay and Ace Austin. You got an opportunity here. Like, you got to push both these guys. You got to do something with these guys. Like, so if it's going to be a tag team thing, commit to it. Let's let's see a, a real tag team run for these dudes. But Bully Ray is essentially the number one contender for their world championship. And I feel like he's probably going to win this match. So it's like, damn, you know, if that's the case. Um, and if not, it'll be good to, good to see Chris Bay and Ace Austin uh, get a win as a tag team. I would love to see that. I think they need to absolutely, especially if we're going to be losing Taven and Bennett, like we need Ace Austin and and, uh, and Chris Bay in the tag team title mix. So I would personally strongly prefer if um, Ace of Base defeats, um, or Ace of Bays, I'm sorry, defeats um, uh, whatever you want to call them, the OG ECW tag team. The fat guys. Oh, that's right. They called uh, Tommy or Bully uh, uh, Ray called themselves that. Fat and the Furious. Yeah, Fat and the Furious. Yeah, yeah. Bully Ray's got kind of like Fat Toretto vibes about him, I guess. Why not? Anyway, I, I agree with you. And they've been giving Ace of Bays a bunch of uh, good wins and impactful wins, no pun intended. So uh, I think it's time to move Ace of Bays into more of a tag title role. And again, that's something that Cresta and I have been talking about on the show week in and week out. So good stuff. Uh, there's not a little more backstage segment. Don't really have to talk about it. It's basically, has anyone seen Eddie? I'm sure he's gone for a good reason. PCO is upset. Where's Eddie? And um, they're going to retain the tag titles, they say, next week. And they're going to mm-hmm. do, do right by Eddie. Good for them. Matt Cardona and Bupinder Gujar have a match now. Okay. I like this match because it makes sense in the Bupinder Gujar, Brian Meyer storyline. Mm-hmm. And Matt Cardona, of course, was the former digital media champion, gave it up to Brian Myers, who was the current digital media champion. Gujar and Myers just worked a whole 
bunch of matches together uh, where I think Bupinder Gujar got over big time, and this is an attempt to continue to get him over. Commentary did a really good job of continuing to uh, put over Bupinder Gujar as someone to watch out for in Impact Wrestling, and I agree with that. Cardona obviously gets the win, hits radio silence, Brian Myers comes out, they hug, and the major players are back. Tell me about it. Did you like the match? And uh, I can tell you where I think Cardona's going next. So I'm fine with it. Um, I think Gujar, I think there's upside there for him, especially depending on kind of the way that he rebounds from this um, and kind of how it's resolved between himself and Myers eventually. Um, Cause he would be another one of those homegrown impact wrestling guys that like they could maybe get behind that is one of their own kind of, you know, um, versus like continuing, continuing to go to the outside and stuff like build some, some homegrown talent. Maybe he could be one of your guys. I think that, I mean, Cardona, I could do an entire podcast and how I feel about Cardona. I think the guy's killing it everywhere he's at for like completely different reasons all over the place. Um, so yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, this, like you said, this is just more storyline progression. Um, but it was kind of a weak distraction. Like nothing really happened. Like, like my, or uh, Myers just kind of like came out and for no reason, Gujar was like, just like, like, just like looked at him and they got hit with radio silence. It felt like it was just like, dude, Cardona didn't even do any, or Garza didn't even do anything. He just like walked out on the ramp. But anyway, it was fine for what it needed to be. Yeah, you're right. It was the, the distraction wasn't much, but whatever. It did the job. Cardona winning. Uh, major players are back. Now, let me tell you, we just talked about Vexed. Mm-hmm. You got Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona together, working right. together, or at least working in the same company together. You got Matt, uh, Steve Macklin and Deanna Perrazzo working together. We just talked about how Steve Macklin is slowly getting cheered. People have always liked Deanna. They never liked Matt Cardona. They never liked Chelsea Green. I think at one point we're going to see those four in some sort of feud, and that's why they took the tag titles off of Vexed. I think Macklin and Cardona is going to lead to Cardona getting a title shot against Josh Alexander, and I think Cardona is going to win the Impact World Championship. I've said it every week, and I'll continue to say it. I think Cardona is going to be the one to dethrone Josh Alexander, and it's going to be a heat-filled moment where the guy who's a former WWE superstar says, I'm the guy. You're not The heart and soul of Impact is nothing. I'm the guy who made myself after I left the big time, and I deserve to be the heart and soul of Impact Wrestling. I think there's a big story with literally all four men, or five men when you bring in Josh Alexander. Give me your thoughts. Agree, disagree. What do you want? I'm going to stick with them going all the way with Jordan Grace for the world championship. But I, I like your line of thinking. I think that makes a lot of sense. I could definitely see something like that happening. I thought for a second, because based on this this uh, backstage promo, it looked like they're going to do uh, Green and um, and Mickey in like a one-on-one soon, like the career-threatening match. Oh, they will. Um, yes. Which, um, But like for a second, I thought you were about to be like, Cardona and Chelsea, they're together. Mickey, bring in all this. Let's go. <laughs> they did that. And it was so right. awkward when they brought him in. I don't want to talk about that Slammiversary. Right. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I thought that's where you're going with that, no. like bringing him back. But anyway, yeah. Um, no, I think he's I think, got, he's I got think, too much magma heat. <laughs> I think that your uh, your prediction is a uh, it's solid. It's very we'll see what happens. Speaking of Mickey James, she's backstage with Gia Miller. They're planting seeds towards Mickey and Jordan Grace because they also showed the Jordan Grace retention promo from Bound for Glory. They're definitely moving towards that, and I'm okay with that. I, talking about Jordan Grace, by the way, Stephen, I do think Jordan Grace is the one to retire Mickey James. 
I don't think you you build that knockouts championship to put it back on Mickey James after Mickey took it off of Tasha Steeles once upon a time. That was a, a whole other conversation. But either way, Vex walks in with Giselle. They talk about how Mickey only respects losers. Like you mentioned, Chelsea reminds us that she beat Mickey James, made her pack her bags and have a pity party. Now she's back. Mickey challenges Chelsea to another match. And Deanna's like, nah, schedules are full. We have a tag title rematch to prepare for. Absolutely, they're going to re- rerun back that Mickey James and Chelsea Green match, and it'll be good. And I'm sure Mickey will get the win, and it'll be big en route to the Jordan Grace match. Your thoughts? Yeah, that all makes sense as well. I could see I could see Jordan be the one to retire. And I still think I I think once again, I would like to see them go all the way with Jordan. So like preferably she wouldn't lose the knockouts championship before going for the world title in my scenario. But if there is anyone on the impact roster to beat Jordan on the female side, I would go with Masha in like a big rematch. Like she's like for me personally, like they're right there next to each other is like right towards the top as far as like talent goes. So um yeah i think, I, I think have, it makes sense yeah yeah it makes i, I was gonna say i think they'll have masha go away for a while come back angrier and beat people up faster and they'll eventually lead to that jordan grace and masha slamovich rematch masha absolutely will win that knockouts championship yeah yeah i think you're right looking forward to it next week we got ace of base taking on tommy and bully fat and furious can't believe yeah. they just didn't use that in the in the in the card. Uh, Eric Young takes on Rich Swan. That's going to be a fun match. Uh, that's a that's a rematch of a world title match from Once Upon a Time in twenty twenty, I think. Yeah, Energy. when both of them came in after their they were both got like a WWE at around the same time, and both came in to Impact again like on the same night, and then that was like an that's immediate right. feud for the title. Yeah. Yeah, so looking forward to that. They always had some really good chemistry. NOGK take on Heath and Rhino for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. Uh, I assume that's going to be a main event match because that's the only title match that's been announced, and it's going to be a fun one. Uh, get your, your Humper Chats in. Get your Super Chats in because we are heading down the home stretch. This is very interesting. Josh Alexander takes on Bobby Fish. I'll be transparent. I missed a bunch of this match, unfortunately, because I was trying to catch up from all the YouTube shenanigans. So I'm going to let Steven Jensen kind of fill me in. I did see the end. I love Alexander getting the win with the backbreaker powerbomb into a C4 uh, spike. Spike. Wow. Can't speak. Uh, Really good stuff there. And then we'll talk about the post-match stuff. But first, smart me up, Bobby Fish, Josh Alexander. I mean, a lot of what you'd kind of expect out of these two. Like, I mean, really good stuff. Um, I think Bobby Fish is like operating at like the top of his career right now, also, which is awesome. Also, by the way, on the finish, you can tell that Bobby Fish really respects Josh Alexander much more than he does a certain Phil Brooks because he didn't kick out immediately after the three. Um, so that was cool. Um, uh, as far as other stuff in this match, I mean, you know, Alexander hit his patented, you know, multiple German suplexes, um, and I. Uh, and fish wound up, you know, getting the rope break. Um, there was a, a really good overhead suplex like that, uh, that Bobby fish hit onto Alexander, like into the turnbuckles look pretty brutal. Um, a real nice moonsault. Alexander's got an underrated moonsault, um, that he, he hit onto, uh, onto Bobby fish, which I think he also then rolled right through into an ankle lock after fish kicked out of it. So a lot of really good sequences were like, Alexander would hit something good. And then on the kick out or in the transition, he'd go right into the ankle lock, which I just think is really, just really smart, really well done. Just good professional wrestling. Um, there was, a, there was another really good spot where um, Bobby fish is on his back, kind of like pulling guard essentially. And 
Josh Alexander like walking towards him, and Bobby Fish kicked his kneecap, and and, and Alexander landed like head first, like right into uh, Fish's lap, right into a triangle choke, which I thought was a really good spot. Um, so yeah, I, I thought like it was it was a really good, just 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 solid pro wrestling main event, and it was probably what like fifteen minutes long or something. Like it was it was a good main event, and I mean Alexander should have retained, and he did, and it's just another it's another one of those just quality resume building world title defense, you know, it made sense. And and Bobby fish looks good coming out of it also. Like, you know, he could go right into whatever an impact or anywhere else. And like, he's not missing a step. So also, by the way, Bobby fish is going to be boxing somebody for real soon, which is I'm very excited for. So um, shout out Bobby fish and shout out Josh Alexander, still the impact wrestling world champion. Is that boxing match happening in like Dubai or something? I can't remember. I get some of these mixed up because like there's the upcoming um there's an upcoming obviously uh, the uh the the Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva is this month. And then there's also I believe another May it's like Mayweather versus Deji, I'm pretty sure. So like it's on one of those cards is when is Bobby Fish's is fight. And he's fighting like an actual boxer. I'm assuming it's a boxer who isn't very good, but like he's putting his money where his mouth is like Bobby fish is talking a lot of trash about being like a real martial artist. And like, I give him all the credit in the world. Like he's going to go in there and like back, back the talk up. I, I love it. November 13th in Dubai, Bobby fish makes his pro boxing debut against the two and three Botang Prempe. There is, you know, if it's on the undercard of Mayweather and, um, I think it is Mayweather and Deji. Yeah. It's the same design. Yeah. It's the same design pay-per-view. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, Global Titans. It's the Mayweather and Deji match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same same night. That's wild. That's that's a huge payday potentially for Bobby Fish too. Yeah, I mean, good for him. He would yeah. wipe the floor with CM Punk in a real fight. I want to see that happen. Anyways, hey, yeah, you know what? If there's an age gap there, I'll gladly take it. <laughs> I'm running out of jokes for age because we we Jeremy and I when we record Newsworthy, Bobby Fish had like a string of four weeks where there were stories with him. And I had to keep figuring out a new Bobby Fish old joke. And the problem is, I, I can only do so many in a row. And I can and I, and I don't want to do the haha, he's old. I want to give you something. Like when he made his return, he's like, and in Albany, my hometown, I'm gonna debut at, at, at Bound for Glory and yada yada yada. And I was like, Albany, New York, which was founded in 1776, which was his hometown or whatever. He was one of the founders. At least be funny with the joke. Anyway. Yeah. Not important. Post match, out comes Frankie Kazarian, the new X Division champion, and he congratulates both men for a good match. Congratulates Josh Alexander for the match against uh, Eddie Edwards at Bound for Glory, and then immediately says, "Calling in a prof- call it a professional courtesy. I'm cashing in option C, and I'll tell you when it's going to happen." All right, let's. I'm gonna I, before we even get there. I'm gonna read this super chat from from Dan V because I think nails it on the head. He said Kazarian winning the title was a mistake. Cashing in option C completely undercuts uh, Speedball's reign for no good reason. The story was Mike Bailey trying to surpass Christopher Daniels' records. Just do Kaz and Josh Alexander if you want. Now, Dan, I 100% agree with you, and I sat here for weeks on end saying that if they're gonna keep talking about christopher daniels and they're gonna have christopher daniels tag team partner have a match against mike bailey why in god's name would you have kazarian win the title and not get too hard to kill or whatever whatever to just to do daniels and bailey like that was becoming a money match conversation 
and option C being cashed in right away after winning the, the, the X division championship is another head scratcher. And again, it's the idea that they're just propping up old TNA guys to take on Josh Alexander. And I don't like that. That's the one thing that really gets me angry about the situation and impact. And I guess angry is a little too heavy, but like it's something that I don't like. So talk to me, Steven Jensen post-match with Kazarian. How are you feeling about option C and just the X division scene in general? Because now it's going to blow up again. I agree with everything from the super chat. I actually, I don't know if it was on the, the, post uh, Bound for Glory show or if it was with, uh, with Doug on Tuesday. I, I, I know I, I brought this up at sometime in the last week, but um, I, I, I said the same thing about like, if you're going to do Kaz versus um, Josh Alexander and I don't know if they did they announce on the broadcast when the, I know when it's happening, but I don't know if they announced on the broadcast yet. No, they're going to probably put all that out there next week. Okay. I think they wanted to have this as a cliffhanger. Okay. And it's not really too much of a spoiler even to say it, but y'all can kind of, I'm sure, guess like where this match will probably happen, like when it'll probably happen. So, um, yeah, I, I, but I agree. You could have easily just booked that match and just, you could have even built it as AEW versus Impact. I mean, it's that simple. Like, I mean, just, you know, um, yeah, I totally agree. And, and I agree, especially with the, uh, the speedball Mike Bailey sentiments about the, the exhibition championship. Like it didn't make any sense to take that title off of him. The only reason it would, the only reason if, is if you're going to elevate him to the world title, like that's, that's it. Um, but even then you're like, it's so distorted at the top. Right. But like, even then, Bailey, what do you do with Bailey? Does he really win? Does he beat Josh? Like, how do we do this? Right. Well, that's the other thing too, is like, the other side of what I just said is like the exhibition championship is a key to the world championship. Like, so Bailey could have just kept defending that title and eventually cash an option C himself. Um, so yeah, I, and, and they're going to be in a situation, spoiler alert, but not really like they're going to wind up in a situation where there's going to be some sort of tournament, right. Where like, there's going to, they're going to have to crown a new champion and they're going to have to start from scratch again. So either you're going to get speedball technically starting a new title run. And if this winds up being a good run, people are only going to complain that, well, there was that break where he lost the title and he should have had it the whole time. And now it's kind of so it's kind of soils the run a little bit. If they get to do that, or they're going to have to go back to Ace or to, to um, like Trey Miguel, which I'm fine with because Trey Miguel rules, but like we've seen that we've seen him win that championship. Like it just feels like this is Bailey's time. It makes the most sense for him to have that belt. And not only for him to just lose it and then option C to be cashed in so fast, like for it to be Kaz, it's just, it's just once again, a weird look when you have all this other talent just being underutilized that you could have done. I mean, it's better. Here's the thing. You want to do the same exact thing. I get once again, the story about like the impact originals, but like you could have done the same exact thing. You could have chosen any, you could have chosen black Taurus and it's been like, he wins the division championship randomly at bound for glory. Like he just randomly wins it randomly cashes an option C but we're guaranteed like Black Taurus versus Josh Alexander would rule on like an Impact Plus pay-per-view. We've seen that, by the way. They did it at Homecoming 2021 oh, for the X Division Championship. That's right. And it was a standout match. That's right. So that was just an example off the top of my head of just somebody who would have a great match with him that like you don't even really need the build for. And it would make, because then it's like, for it to be someone like Black Taurus, it's like random and it kind of makes sense. For it to be Kaz, it's like, once again, Kaz is already established. He doesn't need the X Division title. And you could literally just say, 
AEW star Kaz is coming to Impact Wrestling for a special attraction match against Impact Wrestling champion Josh Alexander because Kaz is an Impact original and he has all this this uh, credibility in the company. Josh Alexander wants to take out you know a lot of the originals and like this match just makes sense you know to 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 promote or whatever and you just do it as a one off. You could have easily done that without the X Division Championship been you know in the mix at all with this so. Danby adds in via super chat. Kaz was the hundredth X division champion too. What a waste. You, you would have thought, I didn't realize that. I don't know if they made it a, a deal out of that at all. Okay. I didn't either. And, and, and honestly, like it's not such a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Cause again, commentary didn't bring it up, but like it's, it's an interesting stat to bring up at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, in the larger scale, the Mike Bailey losing to Kazarian. It was, if it was one of those impact, like got you on the uh, seat of your pants, flying by the seat of your pants, we're going to, you know, put you on a ride. It's not that that wasn't the start of a ride I wanted to be on. Right. Well, and, and you know, I, I do really like though, how speedball handled the loss. Like he's really sticking to just like the white meat baby face character, like the mm-hmm. ultra white meat, which works really well for him. That doesn't work for a lot of people in 2022. It works really well for him. Um, and I like the whole thing with him and Trey um, and uh, Speedball backstage and everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know we talked about that a little bit before, but like that's, um, yeah, I, I, I thought that Speedball came. Like I really, I, I really like his presentation in Impact Wrestling. And once again, I'd put the title right back on him personally, but like I, he should have never lost it to begin with. So. so when we were talking about the Matt Cardona thing, I said Cardona would beat Josh Alexander. You know who I'd have beat Matt Cardona? Speedball. Yeah. If you can lock him in, like if you have like uh, uh, like him locked down for like the immediate future, I I'd agree with that. I mean, Speedball, you should. If they're not going to push him, someone else is. He'll just continue to be one of the top indie stars until he can sign somewhere bigger, and then he'll be a massive star somewhere else. I mean, so use him while you have him. Impact. Yeah, endless potential with that guy. I want I want to see him continue to have more uh, presence on the microphone. I liked what they did tonight with that, that backstage segment we just talked about. Uh, it, it builds character. And and again, it's one thing to be able to wrestle well. And we see that out of speedball. We know he's great. I want to see his character develop into more than just really great wrestler who is like a black belt karate guy. Sure. But that's what I'm looking forward to. So overall, uh, we usually give the, uh, the, the episode a grade out of five, five, of course, five to five is the best. Uh, how would you rate tonight out of five? Uh, that's putting me on the spot because I'd have to like really compare it to like other. I mean, I would say it's arbitrary. This isn't the Melter scale, I promise. Listen, listen, we're coming off Bound for Glory. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a solid share for what it needed to be, but the main event was really good. There was good character progression. Thought the multi-man exhibition style match was was good. I'll give it a. See, here's the thing: when I rate when I rate certain things, like you know. I'm kind of like Dave Portnoy with like his pizza scale. If people are, are familiar, <laughs> like, like it's like, it's hard for me. Like, I don't want to get into like the eights, eight out of 10. Cause like, that's like, that's kind of sacred. Like to get like a nine is like, you gotta blow my tits off with like a nine out of 10. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, so I, I'd say like, I don't know. I'll go right in the middle. I'll say this was like a three out of five. Like it's a good show. If you're an impact fan, it isn't like a must watch show, but like, I think you should go out of your way to watch some of the stuff from the show. And it was good character progression. So I'll give it a three out of five. What about you? 
Yeah, you know what? On the scale of things, it's a three. It might even inch towards a four just because it was a cohesive show. It pushed things in the right direction. I Again, I, on the technical side, I was not happy about the stupid YouTube mess up. That just threw me all off. But you know what won't throw you off is subscribing to Fightful Select. You can get so much news, all the scoops. Hear about Soraya passing up on WWE's offer in favor of AEW. Get that. Ask Grapsity. The guys did another one today. All of your AEW scoops from Rampage tonight because you guys didn't put it in the chat. Thank you for not spoiling people. And by the way, Jimmy Van and I are doing a Q&A that's going to be recorded tomorrow, I think. And then we'll push it out by the afternoon or something. But get your questions in over to Jimmy Van in the Q&A section uh, over at FightfulSelect.com. And of course, you can listen to The Weekender every single weekend. Steven Jensen got you covered. All the good stuff that maybe you're not hearing about, but you should be listening to. And for the rest of the stuff, Steven Jensen, take us home and plug his stuff. Thank you. Yes, check out the Fightful Select Weekender podcast every Sunday at FightfulSelect.com. Um, follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. If you like independent professional wrestling, I highly recommend checking out independentwrestling.tv or IWTV.live. They're the same website, but two different ways to get there. Use code FightTalk. Always one word, no spaces. Helps me out when you use that code. I appreciate that. And uh Every Tuesday, live rounds with myself and Doug. That's on the RVD Tito for Life YouTube channel. You can check that out. That's uh, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night. We're going to be going live right after uh, Dynamite this week because they're doing a Tuesday show. So that'll be fun to like review the show live because we never really get to do that. Um, every Thursday, the spotlight with myself and Jeremy Lambert. Check that out right here, uh, youtube.com slash Fightful. Um, this morning's episode that aired, um, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Bray Wyatt and the Good Brothers back to WWE. We talked about Nick Gage continuing his career, pinning John Moxley for the GCW Championship. We talked MJF and Orange Cassidy from last night's Dynamite. Tennis Alexander winning the West Coast Pro Championship. Masha, more thoughts on Masha versus Jordan Grace. Um, a lot of good stuff we talked about this morning, so you can check that out. YouTube.com slash Fightful. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I've got. Appreciate you Wonderful. having me on the show, man. Thank you for coming in. Uh, Crest will be back next week, but of course I needed my OG ride-along partner for uh, for watch-alongs. Go over to twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Well, we're doing stuff. This show's on it right now. But anyway, I'm Actual Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>